of his perpetual presence. So Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to get this thing done in your life. For so many of us, it's easy to lose heart when we sense that we can't get this done. How is this going to work out? If you or someone you know is on the fence about whether or not to believe God is who he says he is, you've probably heard or said a statement beginning with, if God is real, then he will do this or that to prove it to me. As Pastor Daniel will point out today, God isn't a vending machine, but the Almighty who made us. If you just walk in faith, God will reveal himself in all sorts of ways. Now here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verse 10, with his continuing study entitled, Jacob's Journey. We value generosity. We value self-sacrificial love because those are just a few of the things that Jesus values. Not only in his teaching, but in his lifestyle. And we want our witness as Christians to be good representations of what does Jesus value? What does Jesus, what is he concerned about? And it's interesting because Satan has done a great job of making every generation sin. Every single generation of humans has struggled with something. We're all good at that. And so what I have learned is that Satan wants to veer us off from that one central ambassadorship. Like in an election year, politics is a great way to get veered off of the ambassadorship of Jesus. Not saying that we shouldn't have political views, but our allegiance to Jesus supersedes all of those things. So we have strong political views, but we still respect other people because they're image bearers of God. We still talk to people in a way that is honoring because God honors people enough to send his own son to die for them. See, there's so many things that can veer us off from that central allegiance. And if you keep that allegiance central, then I believe you can have all your political views and hold them very passionately, but in a way that honors God still. So it's so important for us. Our main priority of our lives is to be ambassadors of Jesus that people might see. Isn't that Matthew 5, 17? Let your light so shine before men that they will see our good works and what? Glorify our Father in heaven. Your life matters. God wants to use your life today, right where you are, right around the people that you're around, if you will place Him at the forefront of your heart. Lord, what do you want to do in this group of people? Lord, how do you want to speak to this people? Lord, how can I be your man, your girl in this situation? The old bracelet. 
what would Jesus do? Lord, what do you, how do you want me to move through my job with my boss who is mean? How do you want me to honor him or her? How do you want me to act, Lord? How can I make sure that injustice isn't happening right in front of me in your name? If the body of Christ would grab hold of this ambassadorship that has been bestowed on us in the name of Jesus, this world would be changed because the body of Christ would be that salt that God has created us to be. But for so many of us, we're not placing that ambassadorship as the driving passion of our lives. But we see it in the life of Jacob. Esau's learning watching his brother. That witness is powerful. It's powerful. Now, in verse 10, look at what it says. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Verse 11. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Now, think about this. Jacob now is in the middle of the wilderness and he's laying his head on a rock pillow. Sounds kind of uncomfortable, doesn't it? I mean, the person in here who likes the firmest pillow, I mean, have you ever gone camping? The last thing you do is take a big boulder and stick it to put your head on, right? It's just not comfortable. Doesn't matter how thick-headed you are, how flat-headed you are, it just doesn't feel good. But this is where Jacob is in an uncomfortable environment. But look at what happens. In verse 12, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and it reached, its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. See, Jacob is in a bad way right now. He's in the middle of the wilderness. He's got a rock for a pillow. And it's there that God meets with him. And I don't know about you guys, and I don't like the reality of it, but for most of us, do we ever grow the most on the sunny days? No. We always grow the most when things are hard, when things are challenging, when things don't make sense. When you're, when you're like Jacob, laying down in the middle of the desert, and you don't even have a pillow, and you're putting your pillow on a hard rock. And it's there that God speaks. It is there that God reveals himself to us. Like I said, I don't like that reality. I just know it's the truth. I look back over my life. I wasn't a Christian yet, but when my mother died of cancer when I was 21, man, the things that God did through that, the hard seasons, 
the desert seasons, the time when I'm dry as a bone, when I feel like I'm in over my head, when I feel like, man, I'm just one, I'm just one step away from crashing and burning in my life. That's the times that I grow the most. Like the disciples, when Jesus set them out on the Sea of Galilee, and the storm came, right? Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. You got to love that. What did the disciples learn then? One, they learned what was in them. They were faithless. And two, they learned who Jesus was. Radically faithful, because Jesus got up, said, peace be still. You know what I love about that? There's no exclamation mark. So he didn't say, shalom, be still, and yell at the, at the wind of the waves. He may have just said, peace, be still. And just like that, it's calm. In the trials, in the struggle, in the desert seasons, we learn what's in us, and we learn who he is. It's true for Jacob. It's true for David. It's true for Elijah. It's true for Paul. And it's true for you and I. So if you're here today, listen. If you're here today, and you're in this death, you're, you're like Jacob here. You're just like, I'm on a rock pillow. Life is not, this is not what I expected. Listen. Simply say, God, what are you trying to do in my life right now? Not saying don't pray it away. I think we should feel comfortable to say, God, will you remove this? This, this trial for my life. But Lord, while it's here, can you bear the fruit you want to bear in my life through it? God reveals himself most powerfully to Jacob here. It's interesting. Later, when Jacob is fearful that he's going to meet his brother Esau and his brother Esau is going to kill him, the Lord comes and reveals himself to Jacob really powerfully again. Every time that it was really hard, that's when God showed up in Jacob's life. So Jacob falls asleep. He sees this vision of a ladder set up on the earth. Its top reaches to heaven. There's angels ascending and descending. Now, this is most commonly called Jacob's ladder. Right? Question is, what does this mean? Well, Jesus grabs hold of this in John's gospel. Listen to John chapter 1, verse 50. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to them, Most assuredly, I will say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So Jesus is talking to Nathaniel and he said, Look, because I told you that you were under that tree before I met you, do you believe? I'm going to show you even greater things. He said, Hereafter, you're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What does this mean? Listen, the ladder, the ladder functions. A ladder in anyone's life functions as a mediator to get you from the level that you're on to the, le the level you want to get to, right? So if you need to go clean out your gutters and you got a two-story house, you get out the ladder. Because the ladder functions to get you from the ground up on top of your roof. That's what a mediator does. And so Jesus is saying, look, this vision that Jacob is seeing, he is seeing, he doesn't realize it, he's seeing me. He's seeing Jesus, the mediator. The, the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's 1 Timothy 2, 5. So this vision that he sees is all about heaven coming to earth. God bridging that huge gap between his perfections and our imperfections in the person of Jesus. Coming to earth, bridging that gap 
in his own death and resurrection. Jesus grabs hold of it. He's like, look, Jacob's ladder, that's me. That's me. I'm the mediator. Right in the beginning of John's gospel. Now, you've got to love the Lord's heart here because the Lord simply reaffirms once again the Abrahamic covenant. Now, think about it. Isaac just blessed him with the Abrahamic covenant. And now God shows up and reaffirms it from his own mouth. Right from his own mouth. So simple. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you live, I will give to you and your descendants. See, there's the land. Of course, he said, I am the Lord your God. So there's God, there's the land. And once again, verse 14, and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The people. And ultimately, the people terminate on Jesus in your seed. It always comes down. See, Jesus is to the world the fulfillment of all that Israel was meant to be. He is the ultimate Israel right there, governed by God. So all these blessings terminate right there, right on Jesus. And I love this because... Verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. For some of you, you need to grab hold of this promise. It's God's promise of his perpetual presence. Say, like, Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to get this thing done in your life. For so many of us, it's easy to lose heart when we sense that we can't get this done. How is this going to work out? I always think of that scripture, I would have lost heart if I did not believe I would see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. How many of us here tonight or watching on the internet or picking up a stream later or whatever, how many of us are right now are like, man, I just, I don't know how this is going to work out. God is with you. If you are born again, he is inside of your heart. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's a question is, is, do we really believe that? Can we really grab hold of that? Even though there's no fruit on the vine, even though it, it's not working. Lord, I don't know what's happening. This is a mess. I feel like you've forsaken me. I've done too much wrong, Lord. No, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Behold, I am with you and I'll always be with you. Jesus ended Matthew's gospel and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So unless we're at the end of the age, then lo, he is with you and me always. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's just rad. God is always with us. He doesn't like bounce out for a while. He doesn't like, listen, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go to Cancun for a while, get some spring break going on. Try and keep it up while I'm gone. None of that stuff. He's with us. So good. So good. No matter what's going on, he is with you. And I love this. Jacob is blown away. The Lord is in this place. I didn't even know it, he says. He was afraid. I love this. How awesome is this place? You know what? I was reading verse 16 and 17. I started praying, Lord, let crossroads be this. 
that people come to crossroads and, and not because of the preacher or the music, but because God is here. And we start coming and saying, Lord, how awesome is this place? Because God is here. And God is meeting with us in powerful ways. That God is working in powerful ways. That we come expectant of God showing up in this place, in our hearts, through our lives, with each other. I started praying this, Lord, I want people to, who come and visit, people who've been here for 40 years, say, how awesome is this place? Because the Lord is here. This is the house of God. How often do you think we don't have that feeling because we're not showing up with our eyes open, with our hearts open? How awesome is this place? I got so excited about this verse today. I've been reading this text for 10 days now, over and over and over again. I'm studying it. And this morning I'm like, how awesome is this place? And I don't mean like, dude, how awesome is Crossroads? I don't mean that kind of awesome. I mean like awesome, weighty, how powerful how powerful is it? Will you guys join me in praying that? That everywhere we go, we'd say, Lord, that your presence would be so felt in this place that people would be like, how awesome is this? God was here. I didn't know it. But he's revealing himself in and through our lives. Now, verse 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place had been Luz previously. And Bethel means, of course, house of God. Beit and El. That's how it comes together. In verse 20, Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in the way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Now, quick couple things. First, notice Jacob takes his stone pillow and makes an altar out of it. Brothers and sisters, listen. Whatever you're going through, God is going to take your testings and he's going to make a testimony out of it. I know it's a cliche, but it's a good one. God will take your testings and he will make a testimony out of it. God will take your mess and he'll make a message out of it. Jacob is not content to be like, oh, that lousy pillow. That was a terrible night's sleep. No, he was like, man, I'm going to make an altar out of this. It's kind of an awesome thing, isn't it? Notice next, Jacob isn't sold that the Lord is God. You see what he says? If God does this, then he'll be my God. So many people today, that is their position. If God does this arbitrary thing that I think I want, then I'll follow him. So what you're saying is, is you don't want God to be God. You just want God to be a vending machine for your whims. And listen, you can find a vending machine on every street corner, whether it be burgers or coffee or whatever, but God isn't a vending machine. He's the almighty one who created you and sustains you. I don't knock it. I was the same way. I didn't grow up in a Christian environment, never heard these things. I thought, well, if God is really real, then you know, I think that girl's really cute. And I want her to come over here and plant a kiss right here. And it, it never happened. I can't fathom why. <laughs> Being so incredibly handsome as I am. But it's like, how many of you today are like that with God? I'll, fo I'll, re I'll really follow you, Jesus, if you do this thing that I think I deserve. 
why don't you just do this? Why don't you say, you know what? I don't know if you're God or not. I'll just follow you and we'll see what happens. What I've learned is the people who say, I'll follow you and I'll see what happens, they always end up keep walking with Jesus. Because Jesus certifiably blows their minds. And oftentimes they never get the thing they think that they wanted because they get something so much more valuable. They get to walk with the Almighty One. Now, notice what else he promises. Good old verse 22, he promises a tithe. So I'm going to stop there. We'll take chapter 29 in the coming weeks. Let me say this. If you realize this whole chapter is about God revealing himself to Jacob. That's what it's about. God revealing himself to Jacob. And Jacob is not quite willing to submit to it. He's not quite willing to say, all right, you are the Almighty One. His father blessed him, promised it to him. Then all of a sudden he sees this vision. God says almost the exact same thing. But he's not there yet. And so my question in closing is this. What is keeping you from following God all the way? For some of you, it's putting your faith and trust in Him for the very first time. Just saying, you know what? I've been listening to this stuff. I'm here at the fellowship or I'm listening online or someone kicked me a, a link to this message or whatever. And you're, what's really keeping you from following God? What's the hang up? For some of us, we believe in Jesus. We love Jesus. We committed our lives to Jesus. But yet, we're still not really following him. We're not going all the way. We're in but we're not really in. We're not all the way in. We're still holding some, some chips back. It's a good exercise to simply ask yourself, what's keeping me from going all the way with the Almighty One? For each one of us, as God reveals to you by His Spirit, what is holding you back? What I would encourage you to do is not pretend like it's not there, but simply take a moment and say, God, you see that this is one of the reasons why I'm holding things back. Will you speak to me about this? Will you show me why my fears are not in line with your heart? See, when I read this, Jacob's in process, and we're all in process. But for so many of us, we can expedite the process by simply getting real with what's holding us back. What's keeping us from going all the way. I just want to encourage you. If you bring those fears, those cares, those concerns to the Lord, I guarantee you He's going to meet you right where you are. And He's going to speak words of grace, love, encouragement, and transformation into your lives. Jesus is real. God reaffirmed himself to Jacob, and Jacob was faithful. When he made a vow to God, Jacob didn't make conditions for God to prove himself by doing something Jacob wanted. We can see the hand of God even if it's not what we're expecting. We're so happy that you're a part of the Jesus is Real radio family. Jesus is Real radio is a listener-supported program. 
We want to let the whole world know that Jesus is real. Your donations help make this possible. You can become a monthly supporter or give a one-time gift by text message. It's easy. Simply text your gift to 855-910-8300. That's 855-910-8300. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Jacob commits to serve Laban in order to marry Rachel, who he loves. But as we'll find, it doesn't work out that way. Again, deception will alter the course of Jacob's life. We wish we had more time today, but we will pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through his series entitled Patriarchs. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.